0: You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now.
1: All right. What is good, everybody? Uh, Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano, Nick Alberga, and Jay Rosehill. And Rosie, I won't lie, I have a pretty big dilemma today. Could you wonder what that is? It's not the Willie Nylander dilemma, which we'll get into here, but... Apparently, supposedly, as you know, and I've been forecasting and saying all week, I'm in America, I'm in Florida. Supposedly, it's the biggest bar night of the year because tomorrow's Thanksgiving and I'm trying to figure out if I should be like the valiant host of this show and, you know, park it at 11 Eastern time like I normally do. Or is it a full sun type of night? What would you do?
0: Oh, come into the show. (laughs) Just close that door behind you coming in from the bar as you go live and sit down and just go, whoa, and then let it go. I like that idea.
1: Because uh, I, I don't know about you. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I, I'm not half in, half out. Like, if I'm going after it and I'm getting after it and I get it to Wednesday and I get it, I have a show tomorrow to do at 11 a.m. Eastern time, it's going to be like a full night out. The the meat and potatoes, the pizza after. Like, it's like a 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. type entrant back into my buddy's place. I just... I don't know if I'm up to it after last weekend in Tampa.
0: Maybe your buddy can get us a a video of you like laying in the living room with McDonald's falling apart in your hand going, trying to form sentences. That'd be kind of fun for the the viewership. Get the chat
1: going. The last thing I need is documentation of my bar nights. Like, for example, (laughs) we were out last weekend and uh, my buddy decided to take a video video of me, which I uh, gave the green light to. But he posted on his story on, on on Instagram and then deletes it. But it was kind of funny. It was like something captioned around like oh, 11 million for for Nylander's too much. He, I was talking to a bird, but he quickly—he's del- got no balls. So
0: <sighs> amateur hour, man. I, know, I don't know. I, know. I, I remember when there was that transition period where we were out with the hockey team, and the young guys have got their phones out, right? And yeah, the older cool. guys are like, never seen that before. Like we, you know, we came up with the flip phone and the razor and the BlackBerry, which didn't do anything. Like you didn't even cross your mind to video or, or take a picture of anything. And if you did, it was useless. So we're looking back on like, what are you doing with that? Like, what are, what is your plan with that? Like we're doing stuff that's private. That's a, as a team that, you know, we wouldn't do out in the middle of the open, like, say you got how many followers? If there's that many people standing on the street, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Like, so what are you doing with that? And it was kind of a dilemma. And I think that's just, that was the end of the old days, man. Now forever and ever, you're just never going to find a place where there's not a video camera.
1: Well, that that's exactly what would concern me as a pro athlete these days. And that's why I totally get it. Like Shaquille O'Neal always talks about, like people ask him, do you drink? He says never in public. And I totally get it. Like, he's like, when I go home behind closed doors, yeah, I, I like to have a, a drink or two but never in public and i totally get that because again you bring some great vision and sight to like your area of playing it's way different now there's cameras everywhere and they're gonna catch it like even for example what was it like two summers ago um and not condoning it but mcdavid and and nurse were caught like holding hands with two broads leaving the club like in the off season like that happens a lot these days man like it's it's a different think- era
0: I don't think they like to be called broads, but we'll move on. Here. And, uh, <laughs> the thing is, I don't do I don't do anything that I'm not proud, like that. I that I that's that's so bad that if, if something's awful, I'm not going to do it. I just I have my own gauge of what I'm going to do out in the world. The problem is doing something that is x gets turned into y as soon as it gets online and as soon as the comment section fires up as soon as twitter gets a hold of it and then all of a sudden something you didn't even do or something that was yeah. you know innocent gets just warped into something that's that's completely different which is the the problem i have with it absolutely because you could literally be going about doing what everyone else is and get absolutely roasted for it which is just simply not fair which is why we get the mundane answers from these hockey players which is why Uh we don't see their personality all the time because as soon as they show a little bit some donkey in the media decides to spin it up and and spin a tail into something that it wasn't even in the first place
1: and then conversely you look at the nba and like every third week there's a story about james harden leaving a strip club Uh, i i vote for that type of uh or at, at the bunny ranch, or yeah, he's, he's Vikings somewhere. He's always somewhere, you know. These guys in the, the NHL, yacht. you don't know what they're up to.
0: How about that Vikings on the yacht? Uh Dude, it's
1: it, Imagine <laughs> being a media member, like covering, like I know there's a big spat the other day in media, and, and you guys can go check that out between Tim Peel and Mark Spector. But like imagine covering the NFL or the NBA. Like, there's something fresh every day. It's like a gold mine of content. <laughs>
0: Yeah, those guys like to get a little wild with uh, with their lifestyles. And it's it's kind of fun to watch. But I can imagine being the commissioner of like the NBA or NFL when there's just I mean, we have it good in hockey. I mean, I know, I know. we got a Milan Lucic thing going on right now. Nothing yeah. is perfect, but we're pretty pretty squeaky clean compared to the other uh, other outfits.
1: Speaking of us, squeaky clean, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So I don't know if you saw this. I started this today where it's like everybody wants to troll the Toronto Maple Leafs. They want to troll the Nylander contract. We got articles about how much teams would be willing to pay Willie Nylander. So I went the other way. I said, you know what? Sam Reinhart's having an incredible year. There's no way he's worth a penny less than 9000000 bucks. million. I'm going to start in other markets, you know, because people love using the market of Toronto. So Jake Gensel, come on down. Like, nobody's talking about the fact that. Kyle Dubis went in there and Jake Gensel's in a walk year and he's still not re-signed. Everybody wants to talk about Nylander. So we're going to, we're going to stray the conversation the other way. How about that?
0: Yeah, you can try, but no (laughs) one's on as much fire as Willie Nylander. No one's in the market that Willie Nylander is like the boys on, on chicklets there the other day. Biz thought that he was, the it guy in all of sports and I, I was like, it. nah, hockey. I mean, what do you think? He's overshadowing Travis Kelsey right now. I mean, I know he lost his last game or whatever, but like, let's get serious. It's uh, it's not that way. I mean, even him McDavid is on absolute fire. He's not the it guy of all of sports. It's just the way it is with, uh, with hockey, not being as global as other sports, but, yeah, you can try to you can try to fire up other fans, man. Realistically, Nylander is going to be worth what someone's willing to give him. I worry yeah. that someone's going to be dumb and take an absolute flyer and just hurdle everyone else, the line of people looking for Willie, and just hurdle them all by just coming up with something massive that he can't say no to, that we cannot match, and then we're gonna we're gonna absolutely lose them and. That's if you get to free agency. And I can see that happening. You know, the cap's getting a good bump here right now. There's got to be some, some GMs and some ownership that want to make a splash. It's, uh, it's kind of scary. I don't want to lose this guy, but he keeps outperforming even himself
1: and putting us in a tight spot. I, I think ultimately, we talked about this yesterday with Matthew Barnaby. It's going to come down like the number one question, how badly does Willie Nylander want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? Because I think there's no question there would be somebody out there who will pay them, pay him more than the Leafs. And it's just more so because of the salary cap, like Toronto's got that much money tied up to Austin Matthews. So ultimately I think it comes down to like, does Nylander want to be a Leaf for the next X amount of years, right?
0: Well, he's, he's proved that he is not scared to exactly hold out and demand every dollar. So it becomes a little scary. I guess we can talk to our, uh, our guest today yeah, do about, feel about that. that. When- when he comes on Mr. Brian Burke. So he's a man who has spun a few deals in his day. He has been part of many negotiations. He will have some pretty wicked insight on this whole ordeal that we find
1: ourselves in. I'm curious to get Berkey's perspective because if you do recall, he was on with us in the springtime and he was pretty adamant the Leafs had to trade Needlander. And he's been saying that for multiple years, that the core mm-hmm. four is just not gonna work. And I would love to get his perspective now that Nylander is like a rock star and a top five player in this league. And he's been unbelievable. But mind you, I think we lose sight. It's been 17 games. Let's see game 45. Let's see game 68. Let's see game seven of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But there's no question the guy is incredible right now. But I think Berkey's going to offer a very unique perspective given the fact that he's been behind the scenes as an executive in this league.
0: Yeah. I wonder if you'll double down on it and say, I told you this guy is valuable. Now let's get everything we can for him. I don't know. Yeah. To me, that is, that's a different guy on the roster. I don't know if that makes sense. I want to ask him about that as well, but uh, yeah. you know what we're losing a little bit of sight of is I know the last couple of years, Willie, it's not a couple of years. He's a year and year and change here has been solid, but you know, you don't have to go back too far to where he was called lazy. He was called no heartbeat. He was called shut it down, man um that's not we're not too far removed from that and and he's absolutely on fire now that's all we talk about but why is he on fire right now is it just has he hit his stride has he gotten better is his confidence higher or does he just know it's a contract year i mean i i think his character seems to be pretty solid but it's human nature to kind of say holy i gotta kick it into high gear here and uh and really turn uh shut the you know turn the turn the jets on and and he's been doing that but when you have a seven eight year deal in your pocket is does complacency come into play and I mean if he if he backs off a little bit is he going to be worth anything close to what he's going to get paid especially if someone shoots the moon on him it, it'll be interesting
1: the contract year phenomenon is so intri- intriguing to me because I think you, you know you look at a guy like Nylander who's been incredible and having his best statistical year of his NHL career and then like There's those guys who are like a year away from being uh, able to sign an extension like Mitch Marner by his standards. He hasn't been great. Granted, it's been 15 games or whatever he's played. He's got 20 points like he's still doing his thing out there. But it's like the ultimate catch 22 where it's like you look at Nylander specifically and like he's having an unbelievable contract year. But I think it also goes the other way where I think there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure to perform and you can't do it. You can't live up to the hype
0: that happens too um what's the best I mean again we can ask Berkey like do you want to is it better to get a guy that's just El Fuego like Nylander is right now and then just hope he stays like that for forever and ever a pretty tough sell um yeah. or do you want a guy who's just been the model of consistency you know what you're getting out of him and he has an off year maybe some injuries um team around him and isn't really got it going and you know, you can scoop him up and say, okay, I'll put him in a position where he can be himself. But I got yeah. him for a little bit cheaper because he didn't have a monster contract here. I, I'd almost like, like that licking your lips saying, Ooh, I found something that, uh, that no one else is kind of valuing right now. Who knows at the end of the day, no one's got a crystal ball, but it's, it's always interesting to look at.
1: At the Leafs nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube at the Leafs nation 401. If you're watching right now for the first time, or you have new followers or listeners or, subscribers, uh, check us out at the Leafs Nation 401. we go got full interviews there, clips, uh, rosy rants. we got everything you can wish for and more. So at the Leafs Nation 401, search Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast, as well. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25 in uppercase for 25% off your first order. With DoorDash offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So again, Brian Burke's coming up in about ten minutes. Uh, but I don't know if you caught this: some paper transactions the other day for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Bobby McMahon and uh, Simone Benoit sent back to the AHL, but we think this is a precursor for them to activate Connor Timmins as soon as Friday. Your thoughts, Rosie? I hope so, man.
0: I uh, I hope Timmins is ready. I am excited to have him in there. Um, I think there's potential for him to. You know, be a nice piece on the back end that they've really been needing, and it sucks being one of those bubble guys, right? You can come yeah. in and and do well. Bobby McMahon is, you know, these guys have come in there and, and done what's asked of them, and you know, it's just about your perspective. How are you looking at this? Are you coming in saying? Yeah, I earned a spot. I deserve to be here. I should be here. You get sent down. Oh, I'm getting screwed. This is bullshit. Like that. That can happen. I've seen guys do that a million times when they come back to the American League after being up for a while. Or they can go up and say, hey, I'm getting a shot. It's going to be a window that's this big. I know what it is. I'm going to go and see what I can do. Build my stock. Show myself. Showcase. Uh, it's not going to last forever. I'm going to go back down to the American league, keep working on my game and just chomp at the bit, wait for the next opportunity. And pretty soon I'm going to put him in a spot where there's some play, there's something open and they're going to look down the line and say, man, this guy's performed for us. He's done what we've asked. His attitude has been right. Maybe it's time to get him on the roster. And when you're a guy that's a bubble guy, that's how you have to look at it and have to think about it. So those guys will go down in the American league. I imagine, um, it, it, you never know what's going to happen. So just stay ready and, and don't pout about anything. Go down, do your thing. And you never know when you'll be right back up. But I'm most excited to have Connor Timmons back again. I said the other day, you know, he's in the prime of his career. He's a big body, um, potential's high. He was a he was a pretty good draft pick. And I think that he can really take a stride here. I hope he's feeling really good. I hope he's feeling really healthy. And I'd like to see some confidence out of him. And I hope his uh, his entrance into the season is is a positive one so he can really take a stride here
1: and again uh paper transactions suggest that both those guys will be back namely bobby mcmahon who's found a nice place the last couple games here on the fourth line but uh you know that that's certainly a unique perspective when you look at it from from that side obviously we we await word on john klingberg one way or another what's going to transpire there i still think ltr is probably the logical destination for him but that's that's obviously something we're monitoring. And did you see Alex Stius? Uh, I think he got banged up last night after the tire pumping of the century yesterday on the show. You got hurt last night for the Marlies.
0: Did he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great yeah. is what it is, man. Part of the biz. And uh, yeah, he looked like he was kind of the front runner for the next guy to come up. But uh, oh, that's always tough. I remember being in... Uh, tampa's organization i uh i had a good i had a good game where uh our general manager jay feaster was 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 in town watching us in springfield and i just i was a demon at the time i was just controlling the place snapping around had confidence banging the body running my mouth just kind of a uh, felt right in the zone for a 20 year old in that league and and uh i woke up and i kind of had a wrist jam and i had something in my joint i couldn't turn my wrist over to get it on my on my um on my stick and lo and behold, two D men went down in Tampa. They asked if I was ready. And I was just like, I can't turn my, I can't hold my stick at all. So they flew me to Tampa right away and got this dye injection MRI. And I was like the dude for a while there and, um, couldn't make it happen. And when I got healthy, the other guys were healthy. I missed my chance for my first time in the show. And, you know, we brought in a new a new coach after that, who didn't like me as much, and I didn't get a chance for two years, man. So,
1: oh my goodness, with my
0: position and everything, it was it was rough. So, um, things like that happen, but you know, you got to be tough in the pro game, especially when you're trying to get up to the big league from the minors. It's uh, a lot of ups
1: and downs, man. I, I feel like there's got to be a lot of stories of of that nature where a guy's probably banged up, doesn't tell anybody because he knows he's that close to the show. Like Alex Steves is a perfect example of that guys like Bobby McMahon, you know what I'm saying? Where they're like so close, where they can feel it, they can sniff it. And maybe you play your way through something, you know? Oh, for sure, man.
0: I mean, anyone would do that just to get your, just, it's just, that's why it's so funny where guys pull the shoot and it's like, I can't play. And it's like, are you (laughs) sure you can't play? Like, are you hurt or are you injured? And there's a difference between that. And some guys have it where you got to grab them and pull them to the side and say, dude, do we need to take some time off here? Like, can we be honest with ourselves here? And you got to like take them out of the lineup. And there's other guys where you're like, are you sure? Like you're hurt. Can we not tape this up? And are you like, it's just a different mentality. And you know, that's the character stuff where you got to figure out who's who. And those are the guys you want on your team who are willing to battle where you got to literally, you know, pull them out of the lineup because it's a lot easier to pull back on the reins than it is to have to crack the whip all the time.
1: Players are a bit different this time around. Uh, Semcast writes in, "I love Rosie rants, and uh, th- those seem to ranting. happen more." You haven't ranted in a while, but this team's been winning, right? Like, uh, not to suggest that we need a moment and lapse in the schedule where the team's dog shit. It's gonna come Uh-oh. at some point in time, though.
0: Oh, I'll get fired up soon here. Just give me yeah. a reason. Just give me a reason. It can't be. Uh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be authentic. But yeah, I like getting fired up if something really tickles my spine. But so far, things have been clear sailing and. You know, we're trying to we're stretching this show together, and we've had what two games in like two weeks. I know it's, I know. Uh, it's a little bit mundane part of the season. I have a feeling we're due for some fireworks here once uh,
1: once the we're boys a, get rolling again. We're a content factory. We're an absolute oh. content factory, and uh, Brian Burke's coming up in a couple moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's take a look as we normally do or try to do on Wednesdays. The Atlantic Division. And the standings, the Boston Bruins. We talked about it earlier this week. They just do not. They, they don't lose games. Like it, it, really, really is crazy. The Ottawa Senators, of course, rover in Sweden. Detroit was over in Sweden. It seems like every everywhere you look in that division, teams are winning left and right. And uh, of course, Tampa, team I watched over the weekend play the Edmonton Oilers. Andre Vasilevsky is closing in on a return, and I think John Cooper has done a great job of weathering the storm there without their number one goaltender there. So you got to think they're going to burst out of the scene here too. Having said that, it seemed like the Leafs have uh, have Tampa's number here.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. They're in a battle right there. Florida's I mean, look, wicked
1: too, eh? Panthers. Dude, yeah. Yes.
0: Like, how is Boston? Are they going to like set another record for regular <laughs> it season? Might. It's outrageous, and it always comes down to the playoffs. But man, like, <clears throat> if this, we thought this division was going to be ripe right for the pickens, and it's just not. And I mean, we're we're a loss out of the playoff spot here, like. And then another one to drop down, to get taken over by Detroit. Like I, I know that this mentality of the regular season doesn't matter. Creeps into everyone's minds our ourselves included. Yeah. But like it's deeper than we think we're on the precipice here. I, I mean, it's time to start thinking about like, Hey, we got to make sure we're in a good position. You don't want to be in a dog fight coming down the very last 10 games of the season to, to squirt in when everyone else is catching fire, like, good Lord, imagine these guys miss the play. Like, I don't even want to say that, but yeah. this division's deeper than, than it looks. And I, I don't think that should be a reality, but I mean, you're a big goalie injury away from, from dog fighting for it after you take a look here after X amount of games. But you know, we got time to worry about that, but maybe start to start to pile the points on. They are important. Let's not get too lost up in the old regular season. Doesn't matter here.
1: Yeah, the impressive part for me has just been some of the teams, again, weathering the storm with the big-time injuries. You look at Florida, you look at Boston, specifically with without Bergeron, without Krejci in the mix, and they just win and win and win. Tampa without Vasilevsky, and I think at some point in time, the Leafs will deal with adversity that way when it comes to injuries, and they have to weather the storm themselves, because uh, nobody's going to feel bad for them, specifically in their division. It's been an incredible story thus far. The following interview is brought to you by Sober Carpenter. Hold the alcohol, keep the flavor, enjoy a range of non alcoholic beers. So good, you'll think it's the real thing. Look for Sober Carpenter at Sobey's, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro, Farm Boy, and other retailers today as we bring in the one and only Ryan Burke. Burke, thank you so much for doing this. How are you?
2: Good. I'm trying to center my camera here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> all good. All good. How's the new gig going? Oh, it's going well. I'm really excited about it. I think the the, the presentation that's been done. Uh, by staffing this up and funding the the proper people. And it just provided the women with the best chance they've ever had to be successful. So I'm really excited
0: about it. Berkey, being in the NHL for as long as you have to, to get to something that's up and coming and developing, and you can kind of put your stamp on it and kind of guide it in the right direction, does that reinvigorate you as far as, you know, the energy level and excitement that you get for this?
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, in general, I think anytime you take on a new business venture, it does that, but.
3: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
2: This is in particular, my involvement with the women's game goes back to right after Nagano. I've been overseas to watch women's international hockey. I know all the star players. Uh, I've been involved with with the Olympic games and different international competitions. So I've been a fan and admirer of the women's game for 25 years. A lot of people say that they say, Oh, I love women's hockey. And a lot of people do, but they haven't bought tickets. They haven't supported it. So to me, I thought this was truly an unbelievable opportunity uh, when I got a chance to work with the women's game, so I jumped on it right away.
1: Well, Berkey, that's great, and uh, keep up the phenomenal work, and appreciate you uh, giving us some time today. Obviously, you're pretty tied into the Toronto market, have to be on a daily basis as well. Uh, what's your read on the start to the year for this Maple Leafs team?
2: Well, I think uh, I think the basic the basic issues have not changed as far as. They've had too much money tied up in four forwards. They still do. Uh, Michael Nylander or Willie Nylander is making it even harder on them to to keep that group together. So I think that uh, it hasn't changed. I think they've done, they've tried to substitute in, uh, Brad Sullivan has tried to substitute in some spare parts that help. Uh, I, I don't think they've gilled yet. I don't think it's a failure, but it's, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next. I am curious to see what, what brad does next because i have worked you know under brad worked under me and he's a terrific gm and a great person so but i think they've still got to fix a couple things
0: agreed Berkey. when you're doing negotiations with the guy and you know that you're going to cross that bridge do you prefer to do it early and and get it done when it's kind of just you guys working together whether it's another team or not or do you like to work you know more closer to the deadline when everyone's kind of involved
2: Well, I guarantee you the issue is money. I guarantee you that Toronto was trying to get this done, and the issue was they couldn't get it right because everyone wanted to sign uh, Willie. He's having a phenomenal year. He had a great year last year. So to me, this is the case, the fact that it hasn't gotten done yet is because they haven't stepped up with the money that, that Toronto feels that they need. So you know as well as anyone, Jay, you did this for a while too. You'll pay a guy you want to have on your team. You'll pay him right away. You don't want to wait. And you certainly don't want to wait and let him have a great start like this guy's had.
0: Mm -hmm. So
2: I think the fact is you say, well, let's say you think he's worth $6. You offer him $5 and they say, no, no. And so no one signs. But then all of a sudden he's worth $7 and all of a sudden now the gap's bigger. So I think the waiting has probably hurt them here. It's probably cost them some money because of Willie's performance. But um, I still think they'll get this done. I think Willie Nylander wants to stay there. Then they got to look. At it. I think the only thing that's going to save them from this becoming another year of this same problem with too much money tied up in the cap is that the cap's going to go up.
1: Berkey, the big question for me, and we talked about it off the top of the show. Like it always seems to be Toronto, where I don't know if people like trolling the market, but every player deserves to get every penny. Whereas you look at like Florida and Sam Reinhart, the, the you know the way he's starting. What do you attribute that to? Like, why is it always Toronto where it's like everybody's trying to build up that price?
2: Well, I don't think it is. I think that started at the last regime. I think, you know, when Cal Dubas was there, I think that they wanted everyone to be happy. And I never asked Jay. I never cared if my guys were happy. I just cared (laughs) if they were paid fairly. I think the key term and this, I learned this working for Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn had a saying. He said, I deserve to treat you fairly, not to make you happy. There's a big difference. If you're worth $250, I'm going to pay you $250 and not a penny more. I'm going to offer you $249, let you work for that last dollar in negotiation, but I'm not paying you a penny more than that. And that's fairness is the key objective here, not happiness. And so to me, I think the object there was to make everyone happy. That just means there's less money. In a hard cap system, every dime you spend on one player comes off money and funds that are available to the other players. So it's not a it's not an unlimited reserve of money you can spend on. It's a hard cap, and I think that's the problem.
0: Yeah, it sure makes it difficult. And the Leafs are in a position right now where it's extra difficult with the money they got tied up. Let's say they need to shore up their their defense. They need a couple studs back there if they're going to go into the playoffs. <clears throat> Is that possible without breaking up that core four? No. Uh, I think so. so in, in my mind, a player like Mitch Marner doesn't have the gumption to go deep in the playoffs. He's not a guy that's going to go to war with you. And I think he's a high value target, a very good player. Do you see him as being a guy you could move away with a year left on his deal and, and, and get shore up that money and get something back for him?
2: Uh, I, th- I think you're asking someone to pick between four really good players. John Tavares. Yeah. No one's even talking about John Tavares. He's been a good soldier since he got here. He's a point-of-game guy. He's a good player. He's a good leader. And he's got a full no-trade, no move. He ain't going anywhere. Austin Matthews ain't going anywhere. He's a marquee guy in the franchise. Maybe he's going to end up being the, one of the greatest players ever on the Leafs, if not the greatest. So then you got Mitch and Willie. And they made the decision they wanted to keep the four of them together. That may change down the road where they have to come to the side between one or the other. But that would be a tough decision. Who doesn't like Willie Nylander right now? Who doesn't think he's a really effective player? And who doesn't like Mitch Marner? Mitch Marner's been excellent since he got here. He's a terrific kid. He's a great player. So that's a tough decision. Like I say, I think the biggest thing, to cap went up $4 million, this would be a much easier prob- problem for them to have. But to address, to get a stud defenseman, in, they've already got one in Morgan Riley, but to upgrade their D, I think it's really hard to do without moving one of the four. And I don't think it's a simple thing to say. We got to move one of the four,
1: Turkey. I'd love you uh, to put your GM on, uh, GM hat on. Excuse me for us. Uh, it, would there be a walk number for you in negotiations in general with like a Willie Elander? I know people like to draw comparisons to like Pasternak, but is there a number in mind you have where it's like I, I just can't do it? Yeah,
2: it's called the budget. Successful teams do this. It's commonly done by teams that have budgets and care about things like that. And you set the price before the negotiation starts and you don't move. Now, in this case, Willie's probably moved the needle because he's played so well. And maybe your price changes, but not dramatically. And at some point, the value of not signing a player to a stupid contract is the cash that you get back. So now, if you've got to trade a player who won't sign for the right amount of money, the value is you get the cap space and the money back. And you're back at the table playing cards again with $10 million in money that you can spend on a different player. So the notion, I learned this years ago. I went to training camp with the Indianapolis Colts, and the the, the my mentor was Bill Polian, just a wonderful man, a brilliant guy. And Bill Polian had the starting lineup. I'm looking up like I was looking at a chart. He had a magnetic board. He had the, the offensive lineman for the Colts up. All entering the last year, they their contact three out of five the interior alignment all entering their, their last year. And I said, oh, my God, what are you going to do if you don't sign those three? And he said, we're going to sign three others, you idiot. <laughs> you know, like, like the notion that you've got to have this player or that player, forget that in a hard cap system. You never have to have that player. You've got to use the money elsewhere if you can't sign a guy.
0: So... <laughs> Do you prefer a guy like Willie catching fire right when he needs to be signed? Or would you rather a guy have, you know, somewhat of a mediocre year, maybe an off year when he's got five years of production before that to grab? I'm like, I worry that you sign Willie. He's absolutely on fire. You give him the extra money you're talking about. And then he goes back, you know, a couple of steps. And then all of a sudden this contract doesn't look as good as it would appear to 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 be if we signed him right now.
2: That's the risk. And that's the risk. But I think the difference is he's not just on fire. Now he was great last year too. I think he's got a body of work that's sustainable. So I I would have said three years ago, I would have said, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say that now. I think he's been outstanding. And uh, he's, he's, I don't think that's a risk that you can take. And I think you have to pay this player.
1: Berkey, uh, it's no secret that, uh, you know, the Leafs like a couple defensemen on the Calgary Flames. I'd love to get your perspective on, on Brad Tree Living and, and yourself when you were in the gig, like what it's like trying to make a move with a former team. How do you think he's feeling right now?
2: Well, I think you, you'd like to think that you've got superior knowledge if you, it's a team you work for. You think you know their players. Like, I can still tell you any player I had in Pittsburgh, I can tell you anything that you want to know about him. If he's still there, I can tell you anything you want to know about him not just what he eats. I mean, that's that's how intimate their knowledge becomes of a team. But I think Connie's got the same body of knowledge, Craig Conroy. So you're dealing with two guys with equal knowledge, and, and Craig Conroy is new at this, but he's a real good guy, and he's a really smart guy. I think he'll do a good job. So I think it gives you the advantage that you both know everything there is about these players. It might be simpler in some cases to make a fit, rather than thinking you've got superior knowledge. You say, okay, we both know. I think the key is getting these defensemen in the right seat at the table. That's a, a phrase that Tree used to use when I worked there. You want everyone at the right seat at the table. So you do have a number one defenseman. You do have a number two defenseman. You do have a number three defenseman. You do have a number four defenseman. And some teams, you don't have a legit two. You have got two threes. But basically, you distribute the playing time. People are happy. They understand their roles. So, um, no, I think they're, gotta, if you're going to make a trade for a defenseman from Calgary. Those, those are real different seats at the table for Zadorov or uh, Anifan for me.
1: Real you think those guys, you think they make sense still, like in terms of a fit from a Maple Leafs perspective? That's exactly what they need, eh?
2: Well, I think they got to make sure they can sign them both if they're going to pay any kind of meaningful price. You have to have a, some agreement that they've signed, or else why bother? Take, mm-hmm. a, take a later pick and get rid of them if you have to. Let them go for nothing. But if you're intending to make them a key part of your team, you better sign them.
1: For sure. Oh, for sure. And you know, the thing I wanted to bring up too, and I brought this up earlier in the week, like I don't know why Calgary would be hard pressed to make this decision right now. Maybe you can bring some perspective to that. Like they're playing much better hockey. I know they're probably not going to win the Stanley cup, this Calgary team, but like, why wouldn't you hold these guys until the deadline are around there a bit?
2: Well, I, I think I understand they were making progress on getting, getting Hennepin signed Yeah, and they thought they're at one point they were close on that. So at one, at one point, they had come fairly far down the road in terms of re-signing Noah Hannafin. And I think if that's the case, you can always resurrect those talks. That's They might have fallen off for a while. The team's playing better now. Now, all of a sudden, you might revisit it and say, hey, let's, let's talk again, Noah. Let's take another look at this. And with with uh, Nikita Zadorov, I think they were surprised by he had just played a good game and then publicly, very publicly came out and asked for trade, which is the last thing you want the player to do. You want the best trade request if you're a GM. Not saying that the players are bound by that, but the easiest and best trade request is a quiet one. Because if Mm -hmm. you're trying to trade a player and everyone knows he's available, you're not going to get full market value. I've used this example on radio and TV before. When I traded Pavel Bore, he refused to play. We didn't get anywhere near full value for him. And I told our owner that. I told my owner, I said, look, we have to make this deal. We need to get the assets in. We need to start winning some hockey games. We can't wait any longer. It's January or February, but it's not full value. That's the problem. Once everyone knows it's not a, a, a charitable group. It's not a sympathetic group, these GMs. A bunch of vultures. And they, <laughs> they, see, they see a they see a guy that they can get cheaper, they think they can. That's what they're gonna do
0: understandable Berkey changing the the course a little bit going further down the depth chart talking about Ryan Reeves. I mean, I was always, you know, respected the fact he could stay in the league being being in his role. I didn't watch him crazy closely, but I assumed he was very responsible, very reliable, you know, wasn't getting scored on getting the puck out of his D zone, getting it deep, getting offensive zone face offs, that type of thing. He's come here and that hasn't really happened. His plus minus is, is a detriment to the team and he's finding himself in the press box. What what do you see that you can do with him? And what would be your plan if you had the ratings of this team still?
2: Well, I, I, I like the coach in Toronto. I think Shelby keeps done a really good job here. But I think anyone that thought when they brought Brian Reeves to Toronto that he'd play every every night is out of their minds. That's a player that provides a very specific skill set. He's the king of the jungle. He's as tough as they come. He's a great kid. And I think he can, Rosie, play those limited minutes and, and do those things. He's done it historically. I think he needs line mates that complement that and he doesn't need to play every day, every night. So I think that I, my prediction is stay stay with this, stick with Rebo, and things will come around for him there. I think the write-off on Ryan Reeves was very quick in this market. Yes, which is ironic. It's ironic because the pressure of the Toronto market, as you know, Jay, you played there. The pressure is terrific anyway, but they're quick to turn on people, and they're quick to blame experiments that don't seem to work, and they seem to turn very quickly on Ryan Reeves. And I don't understand it because I like this player a lot. So to me, I'd say wait a few more games and see. I do think he needs help around him in some of the areas of the game. But I think that uh, he is still a feared guy. He's still a great leader. He still provides the value and they will need him uh, before the before long. When they start playing some of the tougher teams in the league, they will still need him.
1: All right, Berkey. We'll leave it at that. Really, really appreciate catching up with you. Uh, keep up the great work, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks for having me on. Anytime.
0: Much appreciated, Berkey.
1: Brian Berkman. Just uh, I, I love it, man. Shoots from the hip. Just brings it. Um, I, you know, the the, the Reese conversation is so intriguing because you and I love the signing. I just wonder from the perspective of can he still play the game? Like I, I, I agree. Like I would pick my spots. He wouldn't be in my lineup every night. But we talked about this. Last week with all the noise, it's like, hey, you bring in Ryan Reeves, but then you put him on a line with like David Kampf. Like, they're not going to play that grinding style. Like, you need players who are going to elevate a Ryan Reeves. If that makes sense, right?
0: Yeah, but it's it's gotta be on him too, man. I mean, you can't you can't come into the league and be like or into the this team and be like, okay, I'm here now. Uh surround me with everything I need. Like you're the you're the bottom of the depth chart. You gotta you gotta be the soldier and and take care of yourself. I agree with what you're saying and what Berkey said. You gotta surround him with better players, but 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 who is that? So who do you play him with? You don't just magically create this perfect storm of players that complement Ryan Reeves perfectly. Like it is what it is. You gotta make it work and I I think part of it is like the experiment you say, Berkey says that uh, that might not have worked out so far. I mean, man, you can't turn your back on this right now. He's had not his best, you know, start to the season. And to me, that comes in in the play of getting scored on all the time. Like his plus minus, he's out there too often five on five getting scored on. You can't just spot these teams that you're playing against a goal, you know, once a night when Ryan's on the ice. So he needs to shore that up. Yes, it'd be nice to have guys that complement his game better and they can get on the same page, have an identity as a line and, and work together to keep the puck out of the net and to do things positively. And I agree that they th- 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 the back's been turned on him too fast. I mean, goodness, I he, all, I all of a sudden you take a look in the first two games. He yeah, has plus minus his garbage, but now you just shelf him forever and try to get rid of the contract and stuff. Man, like, you're, like Berkey says, you're going to need him down the stretch when they're playing different teams. You're going to be damn glad you have him because we're going to go back to what we had before where you're going to play some of those tough teams and we're going to get frigging ragdolled, embarrassed, disrespected, and it's going to be ugly. So it, there'll be times where we're glad we have them. Don't, don't get that wrong.
1: So hope everybody appreciated that interview. By the way, if you appreciated it, can you just hit that like button, subscribe to us as well at the Leafs Nation 401 so we continue pumping along these great guests. That's all we ask for in return. We're bringing these uh, great guests to you. Please just help us out at the Leafs Nation 401. Maybe I'm begging a bit too much, but hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. And uh, thank you to Brian Burke for dropping by the show. I always think he brings unique perspective. And uh, that's my wonder from the Calgary conundrum. It's like, I don't think, uh, you know, they're feeling pressured to make a move. And I saw Craig Conroy, the GM, had. The comment yesterday about that, I, I don't see that, that move happening anytime soon unless the Leafs pay the price that Calgary wants right away. I think a lot of teams would want guys like Tanev and Zadorov uh, and Hannafin too. So I don't think Calgary is, is feeling pressured to make this decision, unfortunately.
0: I don't think so unless you guys uh, unless unless it's a detriment to the team where like Zadorov yep. wants out it's a cancer in the locker room his attitudes change he's not playing like the whole Pavel Bure situation yeah, Berkey yeah. was talking about so unless it's a detriment to your team and you need to get something done now but if you're just riding it out to the you know you got these assets and everything's going okay and you're going to unload them at the deadline then that makes sense to have a lot more suitors put their put their bidding paddle
1: in the air. Donnie does dishes. Uh, speaking of bidding paddle, uh, putting a chunk of pork in the slow cooker. So congratulations to you, Donnie. Mm. Hope you enjoy your uh, your meal coming up later on. Brought to you by Betano, the twenty twenty three EGR winner for both the best sportsbook operator of the year and best in play sports operator awards. The game starts now. Um, so I know you're not going to be here tomorrow. I- I'd love you to look quickly and give us maybe a football play. But I will tell you one hockey play I like for tonight's slate. Pretty busy slate, by the way. There were no games yesterday. 14 games, 28 teams in action tonight. Um, I'm looking at Patrick Laine, man. He was a healthy scratch over the weekend on Helpful. Sunday. Chicago at Columbus. Uh, I would look at a Patrick Laine point prop, maybe a shot prop. More times than not, we talk about this. Players seem to elevate after they get embarrassed and Laine didn't like it. So I think he shows up in a big way. If he does it, they got some big, big-ass problems due the Columbus Blue Jackets. Have I given you enough time to look at potential bets for tomorrow? It's, it's Thanksgiving here in the States. They got some
0: big ass problems. Hey, uh-huh. let's go the Thursday night the 49ers okay. against the Seahawks. You got to spot them seven. I think they can win by more than a touchdown.
1: Okay. Whammy. There you go. We'll hold you to that. And uh, we'll check in on that bet coming up on Friday for now. We're going to bid you farewell. Many thanks to Brian Burke for stopping by the show. Producer Aaron. Fantastic. As per usual, the chat off the rails as per usual at the Leafs nation Four Hundred One. And uh, Anthony Stewart's in the mix tomorrow. Got another great guest coming on tomorrow, Dave Boland, uh, two-time Stanley Cup champion with Chicago, former Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, So Dave Boland's going to join us tomorrow.
0: Sweet, that'll be good. Yeah, I'll be out of it, and then once I get back on mm, Friday, yeah, we'll be pumped up to watch some Leafs hockey. Oh, finally, the wait is almost over. Pretty crazy. We do a show. Let's jump those standings a little bit. Let's get oh, let's fuck, get comfortable yeah. again. Maybe these guys need to be uncomfortable in the regular season. They're sure used to just uh, you know not worrying about the regular season. Why don't we get uncomfortable and and really fight for these points a little bit here coming
1: I up? Like I like it. I like uh, it. Mister D writes in. What does Alberga's shirt say? It's one of my patented uh, the gold muzzy, sh- muzzy shirts. Someone make a trade. Uh, I think there's like 6 of them in the world so He wears go. them at the bar every single I time. yeah, that's my bar play and uh the women are like my goodness this guy is so hot and this guy does a show with Jay Rosell, and that's the way the is gonna end. Podcasters yeah. get me hot. Exa- exactly what they the say in the Karen heart. voice. That's your default voice the Karen voice, okay? It's not a Karen voice.
0: It. It's just uh it's yeah. just
1: a lighter lighter on the feet type of voice from any person. It is. It is. Okay. We'll leave it at that. That's Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. Peace out.
0: See you guys. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea with host Nick Alberga and former NA. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Tea. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. (laughs) If you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, But hey,
3: sometimes you never...